New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez spoke on the Senate floor yesterday and defended himself against accusations of bribery. He said he refuses to step down unless someone's willing to make it worth his while. See, that's uh, now corruption is just good for a laugh and nothing more. Corrupt Democrat senators. Didn't he get in trouble for the underage prostitutes in the Dominican Republic also? I think I see a pattern emerging here among Democrats. Do you, do you detect a pattern? A little bit of a pattern, I think. Quite possible. Well, well, well. Look who fell in the well. Happy Thursday to you. And welcome once again to our humble broadcast where the truth matters. Facts count. Corruption is not something that we enjoy. And what's the word they like to use? Embrace. They love to embrace corruption. And it's everywhere. Hunter Biden, we brought you uh, yesterday, Hunter Biden on Capitol Hill, showing up with his documentary film crew in tow, his Hollywood director and producer, and they were uh, chuckling and smirking through the whole thing. It was remarkable. Kind of like uh, Claudine Gay, the Harvard president, smirking through the uh, the hearing on anti-Semitism, which she embraces. That's that embrace word again. They love that word, embrace. Speaking of which, I got an update for you on Harvard University. They're taking students to uh, the Palestinian territories in in Israel to educate them on Israeli colonialism. That's on, on Israeli colonial. Harvard University should be shut down. It should be disbanded. It should be turned into a farm field. Honestly, maybe the stone should be salvaged from some of the buildings. They can uh, auction it off for something because really they're all just about money anyway. But uh, every Harvard graduate, no matter how long ago, every alum should... Uh, be calling for Harvard University to be closed down permanently. You think that'll happen? Probably not. <laughs> let me just uh, let me just tell you, I'm I'm very happy. I've I've always been happy that I didn't go to Harvard for a whole range of reasons. But I'm happier than ever that I didn't go to Harvard. Uh, you can major in anti-Semitism there. It's it's quite remarkable. Get your degree in anti-Semitism. I think from now on, any any Harvard grad that I meet, and there are a lot of them around here. I'm just, oh, so you're an anti-Semite, because there's a lot of that going on. A lot more anti-Semitism from the Democrats today, starting with Harvard, where you'd think maybe after the Claudine Gay thing and the and the violence against Jews on campus and the harassment and the threats and the terrorism from the, you know, the Harvard students and faculty, that uh, maybe they'd call off that, hey, let's go to uh, the... Uh, let's go to Israel. It's Israel. That's what the country is called. And we'll go to the West Bank, where they have a university, believe it or not. And the university praised the attacks of October 7th. And uh, Harvard is going there to educate the little Nazis. Hey, little Nazi, what do you say? Just got back from the audit of Fay. Amazing stuff. So I've got uh, updates for you on that. Uh, also, Joe Biden, and, and oh, but there is an update also on the Hunter Biden hearing yesterday because something worthy of note has emerged since uh, last we spoke. And that is that a, uh, a photographer captured uh, Hunter Biden with his entourage. I was uh, describing his entourage yesterday with his lawyer, uh, Abby Lowell, and the filmmaker who looks like a drug addict that lives under a bridge. Am I right? He doesn't bathe. He doesn't shave. He doesn't change clothes. 
Uh, and he's, uh, you know, what are they? The Washington Post called him Hunter Biden's benefactor, benefactor, his benevolent benefactor, you know, like Jack Daniels or a benevolent benefactor. The Washington Post actually called this creepy, oleaginous Hollywood uh, sleazeball Hunter Biden's benefactor. And they did it with a straight face or a bisexual face, whatever, whatever kind of face they were using at that moment. Uh, that's quite remarkable. But it turns out that uh, his filmmaker pal that The Washington Post calls a benefactor brought with him a camera crew. And I mentioned that yesterday as it was happening in real time. But uh, now, interestingly enough, somebody spotted the camera that was being used by the camera crew with the oleaginous filmmaker. And, uh, and the question has been asked by CrowdSource, CrowdSource the truth. For people who were at the Hunter Biden hearing today, this ex-post says, who was operating this DJI Ronin 4D camera? There is a camera, and it's a very specific type of camera. DJI Ronin 4D, like uh, four-dimensional, you know, you got 3D, you got 4D. That is a Netflix-specific camera, a Netflix-specific camera. Now, why would that be worthy of note? Because if only Netflix used this, you know, the, the Netflix people have tons and tons of money, giant gobs of money. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that uh, have not seen one of those cameras in a hearing room before. The news organizations don't use those, but Hunter Biden's private documentary film crew, uh, I think led by Lenny Riefenstahl. Does anybody remember Lenny Riefenstahl? A filmmaker for Adolf Hitler made, uh, you know, what, what was it, The Power and the Glory or whatever, a bunch of Hitler propaganda films. And uh, that has, they just keep reanimating the old stuff from the old days and their boy, uh, Gurgle, as uh, Al Charlatan likes to call him, Joseph Goebbels. And the filmmaker, I think, is like, you know, a descendant of Goebbels. And he showed up with this fancy cam. And, uh, and again, crowdsourced the truth says, is this for the Hunter Biden documentary? Of course it is. We believe it is. Did Hunter Biden disrupt an official proceeding of Congress to engage in a for-profit endeavor? The question is asked. And uh, I'm going to you know, venture a guess that the answer is yes, because it's what I said yesterday when I saw this happening. And the smug, smirking, uh, oleaginous, for Democrats listening, that means covered with oil covered with oil, an oily person, has an oily film on him and, and unshaven, and he, he looked like he smelled bad, too. And he's uh, Hunter Biden's uh, benefactor, according to the Washington Post, and they're proud at the Washington Post that he's got a benefactor in tow. They didn't notice that uh, he's Lenny Riefenstahl Jr., a descendant of Joseph Gurgel, uh, and uh, amazing stuff. The uh, <laughs> that um, no, I don't think it was Alexandria Pelosi, but it, but it, Alexandra Pelosi, but it, but it, she might be associated with it in some way because she was making a film on January sixth, um, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, because she was brought in by Nancy Pelosi to make a film. She didn't want more law enforcement or the National Guard or anything, but she did bring her daughter in to make a movie. Not that there's anything corrupt going on in Washington D.C. But it is worthy of note that this DJI Ronin 4D camera that is specific to Netflix is, hey, wait a minute, Netflix is paying for the sponsoring, backing, involved in the production of the Hunter Biden propaganda documentary, Lenny Riefenstahl style. And 
And yeah, it looks that way. And then is there anything else worth noting there? I, I think there is something else worth noting. And that is that, gosh, do you know anybody else that's involved with Netflix? Huh. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are executive producers, so-called, allegedly, at Netflix. And didn't Netflix pay them, was it $50 million or was it $60 million that they paid the Obamas? And I'm just wondering if maybe Barack Obama and or Michelle Obama are involved in this Hunter Biden propaganda documentary with the Netflix-specific cameras. And uh, maybe if we had a news media, and we don't, they might look into this to see whether this is an orchestrated, organized propaganda effort undertaken by the people at Netflix with the collusion of Barack and or Michelle Obama, who are considered to be executive producers there. They made this uh, end-of-the-world uh, American Apocalypse movie, Leave the World Behind. They didn't make it, but they put their names on it. And uh, we're told they went through the script and made it more anti-American and more racist because that would be their role in any film production. So that's pretty remarkable. Uh, and I want to get a little more into that as we proceed today as well. Biden administration pulls back from banning menthol cigarettes. Speaking of racist Democrats, you remember Joe Biden was going to ban cools, you know? Who'll be putting their cools out on my floor? And they, uh, they were going to ban cools and Newports, which turns out market research shows, in case you didn't know, that uh, these are cigarettes favored by African-Americans. And they were going to ban them in order to save lives. And they bragged they were going to save hundreds of thousands of lives of African-Americans by banning, you know, what the Democrats don't want to make mandatory. They want to ban. And they don't care what you do as long as it's mandatory. They love mandatory things. Yeah, speaking of, we should, we should whip out that Michelle Obama soundbite, which she's going to make in this interview with the, uh, what was there? Oh, the mental illness, um, yeah, the, the mental illness podcast. Uh, I was going to call it a talk show, but it's a podcast, and it's in England. It's not even America. And uh, she said that they're going to make trickle-down economics mandatory and make it, make, make it mandatory. And what else were they going to make it um, um, they're going to make it, because uh, that means they're going to put a gun to the head of successful people and uh, steal their stuff and redistribute the wealth. And she, she fascism with a giggle. If we're not trickling voluntarily, mm-hmm. <laughs> then we need to be forced to trickle. Forced. <laughs> Mandatory yeah. trickling down. Yeah. Mandatory trickling down. It's a trickle down economics uh, uh, forced, forced the force of government. You know, and they believe that all power comes from the barrel of a gun because they love quoting Chairman Mao, Anita Dunn, who is also now in the Biden White House, was in the Obama White House, and she loved Chairman Mao, her favorite political philosopher. And then this other guy, whose name I always forget. Ron be- Bloom. Yeah, Ron Bloom, because he was irrelevant in the, uh, in the uh, Obama White House, who loves Chairman Mao. We kind of agree with Mao that political power comes largely from the barrel of a gun. Yeah, that's uh, and they say it out loud, right out there in public on camera, and they're fine with that, Chairman Mao, who has murdered his regime, more human beings than any regime in the history of the world, puts Hitler to shame. Hitler is not only uh, in the back seat, he's in the trailer, uh, dragging behind the, the Mao mobile. Amazing stuff. Uh, but... The uh, 
the and I, and I love this because the update on this is that on the Biden administration banning menthol cigarettes in order to save hundreds of thousands of African-American lives, they've decided to do away with that because black votes matter. See, BVM is their their new bumper sticker. Black votes matter. White House weighs menthol cigarette ban. And then Biden administration pulls back from banning menthol cigarettes. And it's because they've decided that it's better to have hundreds of thousands of African-Americans die. They do abort 40% of the black population year after year. They don't really care about black lives. And they are the party of the Confederate States of America. But um, just amazing, amazing stuff. So they're backing off. And if you're African-American... Don't worry, they're not banning cigarettes, and you can all die because they said they were going to save your lives. But now they want to save your votes. Black votes matter. Uh, Also, they're panicking again, having another gender panic because Biden trails Trump in Michigan, which they like to call a key swing state. Biden trails Trump by eight points, not by one or two points. That's not within the margin of error, eight points. And Biden on shaky ground in Michigan after new poll finds Trump in lead. And it's a Detroit poll and a Detroit pollster. So that's got them uh, panicking over there. They're dressing up in women's clothing that they stole from luggage carousels and airports and running around the house panicking, screaming that they'll scratch your eyes out. Amazing stuff. Also yesterday, I mentioned the Hunter Biden hearing. The House Judiciary Committee did vote yesterday and they did hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress which is a uh, very good development. Now, he should be tackled by the FBI at uh, Ronald Reagan Airport where he'd be meeting, you know, his private plane pilot belonging to somebody else and being paid for by somebody else, which is fine uh, as long as they're Democrat Party donors asking for favors from Joe Biden. I know this because that's what the New York Times and the Washington Post have agreed upon, that it doesn't matter how corrupt the Biden family is how many tens of millions of dollars they take in from foreign actors, including some of the leading enemies of the United States of America, like communist China and so on. But it doesn't matter. But Hunter Biden should be tackled by the FBI and put in leg restraints and handcuffs and dragged away and thrown in jail, uh, just like they did to Peter Navarro, who was accused of what? Contempt of Congress. But he was in the Trump White House, so the uh, goose-stepping, armband-wearing FBI members, sorry, FBI guys, time that you guys, uh, you know, blew the whistle, protested out front, shut down the FBI. You're not a law enforcement agency anymore. You're a tentacle of the left, and uh, the front group for the left is the Democrat Party. Amazing uh, stuff, yeah. And the uh, Washington Post today, Hunter Biden makes surprise appearance at House contempt hearing. And and they call the filmmaker his benefactor, his benefactor. Yes, sir. Uh, fun moment, a Fox News reporter asked Hunter Biden a question or two as he was leaving the uh, hearing that he crashed yesterday. I've got that for you. Good stuff. Chris Christie drops out of the presidential race. Did you hear the thud when that happened? Hey, what was that? Did anybody just hear a thud? Yeah, Chris Christie dropped out. What? Did he hit the ground? Chunk Todd typed up a piece for his party, how to pick the battle against Trump. He's just out of the closet working for the party now. Amazing stuff. Uh, President Trump with a town hall on the Fox News Channel last night. Nikki Haley uh, and Ron DeSantis with... 
kind of a town hall debate on CNN. Why were they there? Chris Matthews, we got we got all kinds of, you know, Hamas updates for you. Religious issues. Anybody get caught? The FBI catch anybody for burning more than 350? Well, they well, attacked more than 300 Catholic churches. And uh, the FBI, I don't think, has arrested anybody. The FBI needs to be disbanded. A Food Network star in the news. He's, can you be a Food Network star in the news? And uh, Clean Air versus China and India. We are at 888-630-9625. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Ah, uh, you're a Democrat party. There is uh, just so many crazy things. Um, Democrats are ruining the country uh, quite deliberately. Uh, Fox News story, Denver, the city of Denver, Colorado, to slash budgets by up to 15% due to ongoing illegal immigrant crisis. Denver is one of a number of cities calling for aid from the federal government. Sure, why not? We're already $34 trillion in debt. Here, take a trillion. Why not? Denver Mayor Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson, sure, is uh, warning the liberal city that budgets for the city's departments could be slashed by up to 15% in order to deal with the massive cost of the ongoing migrant crisis it is facing. Is that a border state Colorado is? Is uh, Denver a, a border city? Johnson said this week the city needs to compensate for about $180 million in spending on sheltering illegal migrants who have come there either by themselves or via buses from Texas. It's much worse if they come on buses from Texas because the governor there is Republican. You know, Democrat states should start seceding from the union again. They've done it before. They can do it again. Now, um, you know, Adolf Hitler's party was called the uh, National Socialist German Workers' Party. It was a socialist workers' party in Germany that was national. You know, you know the socialist workers and what they're like. They didn't like the Jewish people, and and Democrats, they've kind of picked up the mantle here in the 21st century in the United States of America. Um, you may recall that a, a Palestinian radical left-wing anti-Semite racist America-hating extremist named Rashida Tlaib, who's a Democrat member of the House of Representatives, she uh, had a map on her wall, her congressional office, and erased Israel and put a post-it on the map that says Palestine, says Palestine. Now, she is a Palestinian-American, or whatever that is. She's an Arab-American whose uh, family fled 
the only democratic country in that region of the world, to come to the United States to spend her life complaining. Uh, Palestinian-American Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has made yet another mark of her heritage with a a post-it note that marked Palestine on her world map in her office on Capitol Hill. BuzzFeed reported the story. Initially, Hannah Alam uh, reported the story for BuzzFeed, posted the sticky note on on what was uh, Twitter. This was a couple of years ago now because... You know, she she hates Israel and she's anti-Israel and she's anti-American and anti-capitalist and and she's corrupt and racist and anti-Semitic, which is fine. That puts her in perfectly good standing with the Democrat Party today. Now, another story out of uh, out of New York goes well with this because um, there is uh, the free press out of uh, New York City uh, story. And here's their picture of a map of, it's not the entire world, but it's North Africa, the Middle East, and parts of Southwest Asia, a little bit of South Europe, uh, the Mediterranean Sea, on the wall in a classroom. And guess what they did? They wiped Israel off the map, and they rewrote the map calling it Palestine because they are pro-Hamas and they're genocidal anti-Semites. You might think this is peculiar, and and it is. <laughs> but uh, New York City public school being accused of Jewish erasure, you know, using their uh, eraser to uh, erase, and that becomes erasure, after a map from one of its classrooms surfaced showing all the countries of the Middle East except Israel, which is labeled as Palestine. It's Palestine. The free press was shown... Uh, a photo of the map of the Arab world hanging, hanging in an art classroom at PS261, a public elementary school in Brooklyn. And uh, Rita Lahoud uses the classroom to give lessons to pre-K and elementary school students in Arab culture arts. Arab culture arts. It's the art of a suicide vest, of a, a car bomb, all kinds of really good things which is funded by, get a load now, the Qatar Foundation International, QFI. you got to call it QFI because QFI is the American wing of the Qatar Foundation, which uh, purports to be a nonprofit owned by the ruling royal family in the wealthy Arab state, which harbors leaders of the terrorist group Hamas. And uh, that's okay. Now, the, the Qatar also funnels... Tons of money to Harvard, to name but one, and lots of other Ivy League universities and other non-Ivy League, poison Ivy League universities as well. So that's a, a pretty remarkable development, and that's okay with the Democrat Party because this is what they're peddling from the river to the sea, right? All this good stuff. So it, uh, it doesn't stop there. It, uh, in fact, it only begins there. Because the Democrat Party is is toxic. And if you're Jewish, they're not your friend. The Democrat Party, not your friend. Extraordinary stuff. Now, at The Hague, you know, the United Nations has this international war crimes tribunal that they operate at The Hague and they don't do very much, but they collect paychecks and drive Mercedes-Benz automobiles and eat at nice restaurants. And every now and then they call somebody out from... Uh, you know, Bosnia or someplace, uh, not very frequently. But 
South Africa accuses Israel of genocide at the International Criminal Court at The Hague because, you know, they call themselves liberals. They're leftists, but sure, amazing stuff. This is your... This is the, the international left, and, and they are genocidally anti-Semitic. Uh, extraordinary stuff. Yeah. The, uh, Israel calls the genocide hearing at The Hague history's greatest show of hypocrisy. Um, and, you know, right now, in fact, the British ships, French warships are going to the Red Sea to escort commercial traffic because yet another army of radical Islamic jihadis, murderous, blood-drenched savages, in this case the Houthi rebels in Yemen, are uh, firing hundreds of, and they have drones, they have lots and lots of drones because Iran is funding them with money given to Iran by the Obama administration and the Biden administration who are funding radical Islam, the greatest state sponsor of radical Islam, Iran, and the money is coming from the Democrat Party in the United States of America. Now, hearings to begin at The Hague in case claiming Israel's Gaza war is genocide. See, that's then The Guardian has the story. The Washington Post does not because they're filthy and they don't report the news. International Court of Justice, as they call it, will hear complaint brought by South Africa where they're murdering white farmers and their families to steal the land because, and that's been going on for years, but never mind that. And uh, most people are fleeing South Africa because it has become a, an untenable place to live for most people. Uh, Cape Town, I've been to South Africa, Cape Town in Pretoria, Cape Town is beautiful. South Africa is a fascinating place, but you know, when uh, criminal murderers take the place over, it's less appealing. International Criminal Court of Justice here complaint brought by South Africa, of all people, asking for urgent provisional measures accusing Israel of genocide. You know that the population of Gaza has been multiplying rapidly, much more rapidly than the American population. But uh, never mind, never mind that. Facts might get in the way of this narrative. And the UN court opens hearings on genocide charges against Israel. National Panhandler Radio writes, and that's uh, pretty extraordinary. This is their Today headline at National Panhandler Radio out of The Hague at the Netherlands. They don't have to be there. They use fake datelines all the time now. The media does. The Washington Post does, too. They don't have to be in the city. They just pretend that they are and uh, write that they're there. Uh, NPR gets so many taxpayer dollars, though, suckling on the taxpayer teeth that maybe they do have... um, a reporter at The Hague in the Netherlands. Judges at the International Court of Justice on Thursday opened two days of legal arguments in the case filed by South Africa accusing Israel of genocide in its Gaza war. Israel rejects the allegations. You think? Sure. No problem there. Now, also here in the United States, because people that call themselves liberals... um, The Anti-Defamation League, which is supposed to stand up for the rights and the interests of Jewish Americans and Jews worldwide, but doesn't do a very good job lately because they've got an Obama administration official heading the ADL now. ADL records more than 3,200 anti-Semitic incidents since start of Israel-Hamas war. 
And they say that this is, well, I'll, I'll, I'll share the story for, with you from, from the fakes at CNN. Anti-Semitism has skyrocketed across the United States in the three months since the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel, according to new data released Wednesday by the Anti-Defamation League. The ADL has tracked a total of 3,283 anti-Semitic incidents between October 7th and January 7th, the group said. This marks a 361% increase in reported anti-Semitic incidents when compared to 712 incidents the organization said were reported during the same period a year before. The organization, which has tracked hate incidents against Jewish people since the 1970s, said the number of incidents reported in the last three months are higher, it should be is higher, than those tracked in any year in the last decade except 2022. That's uh, just barely more than a year ago. Uh, That year, there were 3,697 incidents, the ADL said, nearly triple the number from 2013. Now, who do you think is driving the train on all of this? The correct answer is the American left, and that means the Democrat Party. Jonathan Greenblatt, CEO of the ADL. How many abbreviations do we have to be uh, uh, just uh, comfortable with in the United States of America these days? Abbreviations and acronyms. Jonathan Greenblatt, uh, the uh, Obama administration official who was given this job when he left there, said the American Jewish community is facing a threat level that's now unprecedented in modern history. It's shocking that we've recorded more anti-Semitic acts in three months than we usually would in an entire year. All right, so that's what's going on in the United States. And it's all, all of it, being driven by the Democrat Party and the left. And in case there's any question about that, the anti-Semitism on campuses where they teach uh, critical race theory, which holds that the Jews are oppressors and the Arabs are the oppressed, doesn't matter how many Jews the Arabs murder in this case, pay no attention to that. The Jews are the oppressors because they're white adjacent, white adjacent, like Asians in the United States. Now, at Harvard, they have been discriminating against Asians uh, on admissions and and in other ways because Asians do too well, do their homework, score well on standardized tests. Therefore, they must be discriminated against. And the Democrats love discriminating against Asians for doing too well. It would be racist not to discriminate against Asians according to the Democrats. And at Harvard, MIT, University of Pennsylvania, we had the university presidents up on Capitol Hill a few weeks ago. They were being asked about the rampant anti-Semitism reported on their campuses by students, by faculty, by passers-by, documented, well-documented all over the place. And uh, the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, was eventually forced to step down and just take a job as a professor for $850,000 a year. That was her punishment. Uh, Less work and $850,000 a year. Now, Harvard, uh, which is is suddenly well-known for being a hotbed of anti-Semitism, which is racism, by the way, and they were taken all the way to the Supreme Court for their racism against Asian applicants, and they're proud of discriminating against Asians, but never mind that. Harvard to host summer program at Palestinian University dominated by Hamas. Sure, 
Well, when you, you know, when you go anti-Semite, you go all the way. No half measures for Harvard. And the Daily Wire has the story. The Ivy League students set to travel to West Bank. That's in Israel, dominated by the Palestinians. My best girl and I were in Israel a couple few years ago now, driving all over the country. And we had an Israeli uh, with us in the back seat showing us around. And uh, I was driving and my best girl in the in the passenger seat. And like, hey, there's Bethlehem. Let's go to, let's go to Bethlehem. And uh, there, our uh, guide said, we're not going there. We'll be murdered. I said, okay, well, then maybe we won't go to Bethlehem. Uh, but it's the, and he says, yeah, I know. Uh, and we'll be murdered because... You know, so the uh, Harvard students set to travel to the West Bank. There is a university there. They do polls at that university of Palestinians. And the pollsters at the university in the West Bank found that a vast majority of people in the Gaza would vote for Hamas again. But pay no attention to that. You know, they were given the right to vote in their own their own system of government and independence and um, you know, Mediterranean seafront property. And, but uh, this is what they've done with it, okay? So the Harvard students set to travel to the West Bank to learn how to combat, listen to this now, settler colonialism at the university affiliated with Hamas terrorists. Pay no attention to that. Cassie Dillon has the story at the Daily Wire. Harvard University will host a summer program. Ah, the summertime where students will be briefed on settler colonialism at a Palestinian university that called for glory to martyrs after the October 7th terrorist massacre in Israel and has a student body that overwhelmingly elected Hamas-affiliated bloc to run its student government, the embattled Ivy League institution, that's Harvard, their Palestinian social medicine course. Social medicine is the course. We'll send Harvard students to Birzit University in the West Bank, according to the program's website. It explains the three-week intensive summer course is designed to introduce students to the social, structural, political, and historical aspects that determine Palestinian health, health, beyond the biological basis of disease. You know, the biological basis of disease has really taken hold at Harvard. That is, uh, that's quite extraordinary. Now, this is all being driven by the left, by people that call themselves liberals. And, you know, because it's been wiped off of the, the front pages and the back pages of American media, remember that more than 350 attacks on Catholic churches in the United States since May of 2020, all perpetrated by Democrats. And the FBI, I don't think the FBI is, that's a a hate crime. And there are First Amendment issues. And the FBI hasn't arrested a single stinking person torching, vandalizing, robbing. And uh, how about uh, setting St. John's Church on fire across from the White House? Has the FBI, have they arrested anybody for that? The three days of riots at the White House that forced the evacuation of the president. FBI, a single arrest, a single prosecution, a single jail sentence in that. Unfortunately, in this corrupt country, I have to say the answer is no. Also, a story that was widely ignored. 
Why does no one protest the ongoing slaughter of Christians by Muslims in Nigeria? That's in Africa. Just in case you're a Democrat. And on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Muslims attacked multiple villages in Nigeria where there are Christians and massacred uh, a whole lot of people setting people on fire and burning uh, women and children alive in houses, uh, butchering people with machetes and and things. Um, and it's really not news here because it doesn't fit the narrative. It's Muslims massacring Christians, right? And... What are the numbers? Well, you know, well, you got a hundred here and a hundred there, and oh, they massacred last year around Christmas time too. But pay no attention to that. The uh, ongoing slaughter of Christians by Muslims in Nigeria. Uh, nobody really talking about it. Yeah, if you do know about it, uh, according to this right through at Manhattan Contrarian, uh, you're not reading the New York Times or watching CNN. Uh, it's uh, quite extraordinary. On Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Muslims massacred nearly 200 Christians who were celebrating Christmas. And uh, pay no attention to that. More than 300 Christians were also seriously wounded. 29,350 people displaced. Countless homes and churches, including 221 homes in just one village, were torched during the jihadist raids. That's uh, just, you know, what is that? Two weeks ago, CNN did write a story on it back in that time frame and buried at the bottom of the story. They listen to this. The ethno-religious conflict between Muslim herders and mainly Christian farmers. But climate change plays a big role. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 